When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to DraftKings Network. I mean, this is a sport that's on the precipice of irrelevance. The games are taking over three and a half hours. Playoff games are taking over four hours. Game's too long, too slow. Who cares? This is a situation where baseball's in trouble to begin with. The MLB is officially dead. Baseball is dead. Rest in peace. Uh, it is a very special Thursday episode of Baseball is Dead. Dallas is here. Jay Hayes here. Joey's here. Jake's here. And Reese Hoskins is here. The Sacktown Stinger. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. The fucking fells, dude. Oh, what a time. This brings me back. <laughs> Joey's got his towel. <laughs> Always got to keep it on you, man. Yeah, you That's it. Joey's got his bites. towel. Joey's buying beers, Joe. beers, beers. Yeah. Joey stays strapped with the towel, dude. Fells. Got Reese Hoskins in the house on a Thursday. Got the, got the interviews rolling. Got the interviews rolling. People are like, hey, where are the interviews? And we got them. All right. Shut the fuck up. We got Carl Ravitch. If you missed uh, yesterday's episode, Tyler Glasnow. We had an, ep- an interview every episode this week, right, Jake? Yeah, three for three. Three for three. Also, two for two on the fucking parlays this week. Woo! Baseball is dead parlay hits on Monday. I had a nice little two-piece plus 246-ish parlay hit last night. Damn. We're hot. We're hot right now. The show is hot. The parlays are hot. The fucking Reds are hot. We gotta. I need a. I need a Reds thing now. What? What? Te- what team do I kick off the board? I have the Rays, the Mets, the Pirates, the Phillies, the Padres, the Braves, the A's, and I guess I could bump this one. The NL East is over. We don't need that one anymore because we've already moved on to a different uh, uh, rallying cry for the Braves over the Mets, and I don't know where to start. I guess we could start there because. Um, Pedro Alonso had to had to address this, had to address the throw it again. He was asked about it, and uh, this is what he had to say. Did you catch the reaction of the crowd when you went down? I mean, they were and they booed you when you went went up to the plate, and then when you went down, there was a lot of cheering. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I just think that uh, obviously that's uh, a consequence of of what I said in the dugout and the hot mic. I mean. It's just uh, unfortunate because I think it got blown out of proportion. It's just friendly, competitive banter. Uh, but if I guarantee you, if you were to mic both dugouts, you're going to hear uh, uh, certain things that I mean people could take offense to. But for me, didn't mean anything by it. Um, I mean, honestly, like Francisco got a hanging slider, I got a hanging slider, and uh, I asked him nicely uh, to throw another one to Danny. I mean. It's just it's just friendly competitive banter, and honestly, I didn't really think anything of it. I didn't think it'd be that offensive, but 
uh, when you have really hot mics in the, in the dugout and when things can be twisted a certain way and my w words can be twisted and you know what, it is what it is. That's a part of, that's a part of playing in, in the major leagues. Mm. Joey, what do you make of all this? What do you make of all, you know, that Charlie Morton didn't throw at Pete Alonzo on purpose. You know, he didn't do that. No, is that, I mean, a couple class act guys right there. I'm glad that he could own up to what he did, his sins, mm -hmm. cost his team two games by getting loud because when you're playing the Braves, they take shit personal. Mm -hmm. They do. They do. I mean, the Mets, I want to, I'll, I'll go back and look. I want to know what the Mets record is against the Braves like the last three years. It can't um, be good, right? Since... Well, we got swept by the Mets last year, like midway through the season. If you go since then, I think the Braves are like eight what and is, one, nine and one. What is when did the dominance start? What year? Against the Mets specifically head to head? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's been the past it's been it's been about thirty years. Thirty years. Um, I mean, ever since Chipper got called up. What year was that? Ninety four? Yeah. So since nineteen ninety four. Do you want me to go back it's to been all Braves? All right, I'm going to go back to 94 then, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you exactly what their record is. Uh, what year is it right now? It's 2023. Okay. Um, you, you, uh, you keep talking. I'll, I'll, I'll do the research. Uh, about the Braves, I could talk about the Braves all day. I think we had a great, a great game yesterday. Great team performance. I think Scherzer came out there. Scherzer actually looked good. I know. We were getting some shit, talking shit about Scherzer. Scherzer's been great. Um, I know Jay Hay said some really bad things about Scherzer. What did he um, say? What did he say? What did you say, Jay Hay? Well, Jay Hay said he was washed or something. I don't know. No, nah, my, fa my favorite part is when people try to spin when I'm right into when I'm wrong. That's how often I'm right. We're like, we got to make up <laughs> instances of him being wrong. When a guy's like, hey, stop fucking allowing home runs. Every every inning, and then he does that. That's called being right, not being wrong. Mm. Good job, Max. Way to listen to the pitching advice. Good scouting report. Keep the ball in the yard. <laughs> Source Jay Hay. Jay Hay. Since nineteen ninety four. Since the start of nineteen ninety four, the Atlanta Braves are one hundred and fifty five and one hundred and twenty one against the Mets. So not nearly as dominant as you made it seem, Joe. Oh, sorry. I didn't. You know who has the best I, I record guess. against the Mets <laughs> since 1994? The Braves. The Duh. Boston Red Sox, 11 and 6, 647 winning percentage. So you want to talk about the real Mets world beaters. Where the fuck did Dallas go? I just noticed Dallas is gone. Oh, I'm here. Is. My battery, uh, my computer is about to die because uh, it looks like I'm going to need a new fucking computer charger because it's oh, just not charging. Boy. Oh, boy. All right. We tried. We tried. We tried. Um, <clears throat> but uh, last night, uh, Pete Alonzo got smoked in the wrist with a Charlie Morton heater, had to leave the game. And there were actual human beings who thought that this was intentional. It, he, it was like a fastball up and in, and he, it hit him on the... It, no, there was no, there was no intent there. But Pete Alonzo, this is from Tim Healy, 
Pete Alonso said Charlie Morton sought him out to apologize and emphasize that there was zero intent behind the the hit by pitch. Alonso figured as much and appreciated it from Morton. I don't know. Like, come on. If you're going to hit someone, it's it's not like that. <clears throat> hit him for what? In this day and age, you don't get to listen to the two people involved and and then have to believe them. You get right. to disregard what they believe, and you get to formulate your own opinion, and you get to determine that that is fact, regardless of the two most important voices telling you it's a fucking nothing. Uh, yeah, that. But that's 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 society. That's how it goes. It was interesting listening to the game, listening to Glavin, listening to Frank War. Both of them were pretty sure the Mets were going to throw at the Braves right after that, even though it was obvious he didn't do it on purpose. So be on the lookout for that. To me, that seems like that wouldn't happen. I know. Well, that, that's just that's an old school. In. Yeah, that's a, that's an old school mentality. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but it's an eye for an eye because it takes care of optics. It's sending a message of sorts from, you know, the manager to his team saying, look, I don't care if that shit's on purpose or not. If we get got, they're going to get got. And that's my promise to you that I will be taking care of you. I will be protecting you. And again, however that's interpreted through the ears and the brain of today's player, maybe a little different than when I was coming up and guys before me. So I don't know. I, I mean, I can understand. Are you expecting something? No, I'm not. I'm not expecting something because I would like to think that this could be what we've heard from Pete Alonzo and what we had Charlie Morton do. I feel like that would be the example. That would be the one thing that you could have play out that would reel you in from still making that decision. Cause that's a tone of the Russo move like curveball O2 off the ash cheek of somebody or like down in the dirt pops up and hits you in the leg. Tony La Russa is fucking drilling you <laughs> straight up. He's drilling you and he doesn't care. <laughs> and like, you know, uncle Tony's, he's not calling the shots these days, but uh, that's just kind of how, that's just kind of how, how, how that mentality works and whether or not that's, you know, still thriving in today's game to that extent, you know, maybe remains to be seen with this decision, Joe. Jay, hey, what was your, I, I, what was your read on all this stuff? I don't know. I thought, I thought Alonzo's comments were pretty tame, to be honest. I, I was expecting when you started to play them, I was expecting when he said the, the hot mic, I was expecting we were going to get some sort of boilerplate pushback on uh mics and cameras and the dugouts and that sort and player might maybe you know into a player mic'd up conversation but i thought he showed great restraint actually um and i think pete is generally a guy who more often than not has gotten it so to speak yes about yes uh pushing the game via social media and general game promotion in 2022 and 23 and beyond so i it wasn't surprising because he's taken this stance before and been open for participation, but um, that's where I thought the quote was headed. Yeah, he, he just he is. He's a dude who gets it. Like, think about after winning the home run derby, he's like in a bar with five, six of his friends wearing the fucking chain, you know, like just trying to have a beer. Nobody's really mobbing the dude. It's not a big deal. He's not making a big deal out of it. Like, oh, they're going to close the place down. And he's like, okay, well, I guess we'll go somewhere else. It's like, it's fucking Pete Alonso just with the fucking home run derby. And you don't have a beer for the guy. You can't keep it up. And he's just, he's not that. He, yes, 
he has always gotten it and understands where the game's headed, the effort from the media to try to make it available and pull back the curtain at times. So, yeah. That's why he's Pedro Alonso. Hmm. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I uh, I think it's a it's it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing that there's drama injected into the whole Mets Braves saga because that was a um, that was a whole focal point of last year. We need to build on that. How we how do we build on that? We start shit talking each other. Anyways, <clears throat> uh, Blue Moon beer. Is a tried and true baseball tradition, but Blue Moon is the only beer brewed by baseball. Blue Moon was born in a ballpark, first brewed at Coors Field in Denver, Colorado. Make it your one-of-a-kind baseball tradition, whether you're at the park or watching from home. Uh, Going to have some Blue Moons this weekend. We got Red Sox-Yankees. Strap in for that first time. It's June, finally. Getting some uh, Red Sox-Yankees action. I'll be accompanied by... Blue Moon for those baseball games. With its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander, Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale is a -a one-of-a-kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full-flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. Blue Moon was brewed by baseball to give you a dose of nostalgia and get you excited for the new season. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something that's one-of-a-kind? It's bold flavor, bright explosion of color, and iconic orange slice ritual guarantees a one-of-a-kind beer experience perfect for spring weather. Best served with its signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful bright color. A beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon but you can enjoy it all season long. Keep baseball traditions alive with Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale. It's a -a one-of-a-kind every time. Check out shop.bluemoonbrewingcompany.com for baseball merch and visit get.bluemoonbeer.com slash rocket to find Blue Moon delivery options. That is get.bluemoonbeer.com slash rocket. Blue Moon, made brighter, celebrate responsibly. Blue Moon Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado Ale. All right, we got to take a break and talk about Zinn Nicotine Pouches. We're always talking about what a team needs to get to number one, but Zinn nicotine pouches are already there. Zinn has helped millions of people achieve lasting chains, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or you're a dipper looking to make a change, look no further than Zinn. Zinn is made with six simple ingredients and is available in a wide range of varieties, including spearmint, citrus, and even coffee. And it's available in two strengths so you can control your nicotine satisfaction. Because it's discreet, you can enjoy it anywhere, anytime, so you never have to miss a moment of the game. Plus, every can of Zinn earns you points towards premium items like tailgating gear, top-of-the-line tech, Zinn swag, even gift cards. Find your Zinn at your local convenience store or online at Zinn.com. That's Zinn, Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you uh, tuned in for the Reese Hoskins interview today. So without further ado, we give to you our little sit down with the Philadelphia Phillies, the king of Philly over there, Reese Hoskins. All right, we're here with Reese Hoskins of the Philadelphia Phillies, and this is on record the longest in-between podcast (laughs) interviews in the history of the franchise. We're going to consider it kind of like two separate franchises, the continuation from, from starting nine. We just looked it up. I said it was somewhere in the teens, but Reese Hoskins' first podcast 
is starting nine episode six episode from 2017. Six. When did you get called up? August? Yeah, August. So, so that- you were in the big leagues literally for like three weeks at that point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think <laughs> my first career podcast too. So I guess we started off with a bang. <laughs> oh, man. How you yeah. been? Where you been? <laughs> uh, hanging out in Philly. <laughs> here in Philly. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah, so right right now, uh, on Thursday, June 22nd, uh, Reese and your wife, Jamie, uh, you guys are hosting the second annual Go Yard with Reese Hoskins to benefit the Muscular Dystrophy Association. Uh, tell us how you got involved in this. Yeah. Why is it something that is important to you? And, I mean, we have Philly fan listeners, but we're a national podcast, so if people can't attend the event how do they help out still yeah so mda is something that's uh very near and dear to um my and my wife jamie's heart um started in high school as a camp counselor um i had a requirement in high school that i had to get 50 hours of community service uh, to graduate so i started with a summer camp um going into my senior year Loved it. You know, it was just a chance for kids with um, these neuromuscular diseases to go be a kid for a week. And um, just like the pure joy at such simple stuff that, you know, we were doing throughout the week. Um, You know, they build Sundays on counselors' faces, get to go swimming for the first time all year. So kept it going when I got to the big leagues in Philly, uh, mostly stemmed around a player's weekend in 2017. There is a focus on um, just a charitable aspect that you're connected with and um, connected with someone in MDA here. And we've just really grown relationships with um, the Philly chapter here. Uh, we're second annual Go Yard, which we're ecstatic about. Um, we get a little Philly love with Yards Brewing, um, a local brewery here that they do a lot of supporting of the Philly. So it's really cool for us that we just get this like really full circle of something that we hold new near and dear to our heart with MDA, but also, you know, tying that into the Philly community. Now, so how, did- how, how, how can people help out? Like if they're not uh, in Philly? So I have a link in my Instagram. Uh, that's a, that's a good place to start as a place where people can, can go and support uh, the event specifically, or if just, you know, you want to donate um, resources or your time as a volunteer, dot um, backslash volunteer. Um, it, it's also a good place to start. Now, how did how did yeah. your event come about? How did you come up with the idea? How did this, you know, just just how did, how did this culminate? Because obviously, you're trying to think of a way to tie your love for for both yep. things together and capitalize on that and, and draw as much attention as possible. So, how did this whole idea come come to be? Yeah, when we first got connected in um, Philly with the MDA chapter here. Um, we just tried to help out with things that they had already going on at first, um, a few different, like they call it a muscle walk, um, where, you know, we're supporting each other throughout a walk, a little day event. Um, and again, just raising awareness and funds. Um, so we, we helped support that at first. Um, but as I've grown, um, and, and been able to throw a couple more roots down here in Philly, um, we tried our best at um, hosting our own event. So, um, something that we'd always hope to do, uh, you know, use the platform that we're blessed with as professional athletes, 
like you said, just to try to grow as much conversation and awareness about terrible diseases. Yep. And, and you said, you mentioned your wife, Jamie is involved as well. We talked about the lineage of your involvement in the podcast. I don't know if we've ever told the story of how a listener of the podcast was able to uh, locate her bag in the back of an Uber and somehow bring it back around. So that was just like a listener of the podcast was like, Hey man, uh, I know you had Reese on like seven years ago. Can you reach out and let him know that his wife left her purse in the back of an Uber? How did, how did we connect the dots there? Cause I've left a bag in the back of an Uber. It was gone. That was it. Never well, saw it again. Yeah. You should, that's, that's the norm, right? Um, yeah. The, the web of, of listeners and supporters of you guys is strong um, yeah. and just like a crazy full circle moment that he was able to like pull that first episode that we did together just off the top of his head like that. Like, <laughs> I don't know. You were weird like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, so I was there, Joey was there and Jake was there in Philly for the three NLCS games okay. because during the divisions, by the way, Joey's a Braves fan. So we're going to get to that in a second, but and Phillies, uh, and Phillies <laughs> fan. Uh, we kept hearing about how loud it was in Philly during the division series against Atlanta. We were like, all right, we got to get there. Like we, that, like that's where we're going. We're going to go to Philly for, for the, for the NLCS. Have you ever in your entire professional life and your sports fandom life pre uh, playing in major league baseball. Have you ever been a part of an, an environment that was as loud and energetic as, as Philly was during that, that time? No, no, not even close really. Uh, I mean, just as a fan, I got to go to um, the 2012 world San Francisco growing up in Northern California uh, game one of that where Sandoval hit three homers. Mm. Um, Zito oh. got Erlander to score a run to like that was pretty close, but just like way different perspective being on the field, right? Like just like and um, almost like guys get to first base talking about what's going on in the crowd. Like that's kind of how you know that 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 home field advantage is there. So. Um, yeah, dude, it's just like crazy stuff. Things that you think about as as a kid, like just getting the chills and um, let's do it again. <laughs> speaking of do it, that more. speaking of do it again, can we talk about the rounds being bought? Can we talk about the brew flowing? I mean, just an all time move by your wife to lock to hook everybody up. Everybody, you're a Phillies fan. You like baseball. You here with me? I'm buying beers. I'm buying beers for That's every fucking buddy. I mean, what a beautiful, so, yeah, beautiful moment. So we lost you there a little bit, but uh, on the like, it, it was something I think that we were winning the game and maybe they had a rally um, game, a game like three of that series, I think. Um, and we got out of the rally, scored another run, and she was – I think she just was like, I'm going to try to keep the vibes going. <laughs> <laughs> try to that vibe bank as you can so that it comes back to you. Um, ended up winning that game. Um, we ended up clinching, and then she did it another time in the World Series. Um, and we also won that game too. So 2-0 and with, with buying beers, like I said, get as much in that vibe bank as you can. Um, 
hopefully we got another chance to do it this year. But yeah. I think they can choose your times, right? Like you, you don't want spots. to lose. Yeah, you gotta you gotta save up the mojo. Um, I feel like when people look back on the Phillies postseason run and what you did specifically, uh, the Spencer Strider bat spike homer is the first one that comes to mind. But you hit what, like six homers in the playoffs? Like you had some game tying home runs. You hit one off you Darvish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the one off Manaya was the one that tied the game uh, against San Diego. But when you're when you're growing up a baseball fan and you're playing professional baseball, I feel like, you know, the 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 Spencer Strider bat spike homer is something that you think about. Uh, like, how am I going to react if this happens? Because you want it to happen so badly. And then when it finally happens, like, did you think like, was it something that you had thought about before or is it just complete reaction? Like, I, I'm just it happened. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> no, that was just like all raw reaction. Um, the like hands up in the air to the spike was like, I don't know. I've, I don't know if I've ever practiced that maybe as a kid, like with a wiffle ball bat. But, um, you know, I've had my fair share of bat flips and, and pimp jobs and that type of thing. But um, I don't know. It was just like a raw reaction um, The like yell the like, I don't know, just full flex at the dugout. Um, it's just like a moment that you know, I've been hearing about Philly Red October for, you know, as long as I've been in the organization since I got drafted in 14. Um, long, long drought for the city. I don't really remember much of it, <laughs> but uh, so there's been some cool stuff that I've, I've seen afterward. Hmm. Joey, how did you feel about that home run? Yeah. I was, I remember, I remembered I was there. And it was fucking just a good hit. <laughs> <laughs> kind of disrespectful, to be honest. If you want to apologize <laughs> to the you know, kids, uh, I, I try to respect the game as much as possible. It, like honestly, I thought about that. Like I'm not trying to disrespect anybody by doing that, uh, but I learned very, very quickly that playoff baseball makes you do some funny things and react in ways that maybe you wouldn't. And um, just like the emotion was pretty cool. I can't remember which homer it was. It was like the maybe the fifth or sixth homer that you had hit in the postseason, but you had you had your follow through, and then you just went like, <laughs> you just like you were like, yeah, I'm like kind of in God mode right now. But the, I think one of the things that I noticed, and, and this is not uncommon in, in professional sports, but you've got a different handshake with literally every single person in in the the Phillies roster. So when you hit a home run like that. And you're just like mindless at that point, and you can't even process what's going on. How do you remember all the different handshakes? Because they're not, they're super intricate. They're not just like, all right, this one's this one. Like, there's a bunch of different things going on there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The handshakes has always been something that I've had a lot of fun with, um, like stuff that we will like even talk about starting in spring training. We just do it every day, you know, like it's every day before the game. Something cool happens in the game, like there's stuff. Uh, somebody hits a homer, a big double, like when he comes back in. Um, so we do it a ton. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Just like a fun thing that I've gotten a chance to uh, be around the same guys, too, like for a long time. Um, we got a team that's kind of growing um, – a core together too. So I don't know. Fun thing. 
I, I, uh, I got to ask you how things are going right now, how you're doing. We don't need in-depth checkups. Just want to make sure the human yeah. being, make sure the human being is good. And, and how cool has it been for you to watch what Harp's doing and what he's going through? And, and has that kind of been able to help you? Has that been, have you guys been able to connect and just, just how you doing, man? You know, how you doing? Yeah. Cause we fucking care about you, brother. And like, like, like Jared said, we haven't, we haven't seen you in a while and we want to make sure that you're, uh, that you're well. No, I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, look like any injury is tough. Um, no matter the length, like we're, we're such competitors and want to be out on the field. Um, and I love these guys that are in that clubhouse too. So being them absolutely stinks, but, um, I got a great support staff around me and the staff that we have with the Phillies is unbelievable. Um, just in terms of the care. So things are well, um, as, timelines like as expected right now um i'm like 10 weeks out so i'm living normally which has been nice i'm getting to be in the dugout because i feel like i can move way yeah um so uh, little bits of normal life uh, but i'll take the little wins as we go nice Um, you ready to get you the fuck out of the house (laughs) 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 i felt so bad my wife like never never heard any like peep or word about being a nurse. Um, but man, I, I just felt bad every day as, especially as we on, um, crutches are, are no joke. I, I commend anybody that's been on crutches for a long period of time. Brutal. Um, I think the, the, the number one thing that I from an experience standpoint, when we were in Philly for the playoffs, the thing that I take from it is when we were driving from the ballpark back to the hotel after the Phillies clinched the pennant, okay. there were people. I mean, we were probably, I don't know, between two and three miles away from the stadium. There were people celebrating and dancing in the streets. Like I get, I get like here, like I'm in Boston and like the Celtics, you know, they, they didn't make it to the, to the finals, but um, people were celebrating in the, around the, the, the arena. We were probably two miles away from, from the, uh, the ballpark and people were in the streets, honking a horns, hanging off a light pole, celebrating that the Phillies were going to the world series. Did you get to see any of that? Like what was, what was your experience after clinching the pennant? Like, what was what was that experience like doing it at home? Yeah, I mean, doing it at home was amazing, right? Like, the celebration on the field with still a completely full stadium, um, getting up on the, in the middle and just, like, hearing the cheers afterward as, you know, everybody f- throughout the organization gets their turn to speak. Um, we went out afterward, celebrated our hard work, and – you know, like you said, not very far from the stadium in the city um, and took us like, I don't know, an hour at least to get there. Um, so, yeah, we got to see a little bit of the the craziness in the streets, which was, I don't know, like everybody was happy, you know, like everybody's yeah. so happy. Um, chaos, chaos for sure. But um, it was just like a, a cool thing to, to see and witness. Um we had fun that night. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, yeah, it was cool to see Philly kind of up in arms over over the fills. Do, do you have a do yeah. you have a still shot, an image 
a, a moment in time throughout that series that that you just that you, you you can almost see when you open your eyes in the morning? You know, is there something that you would want in picture form in the middle of your living room? Like, what do you what do you hold on to? Yeah, um, I think one of the coolest moments in that series, besides the Harper Homer, um, gosh, see, I don't even know how to pick. Uh, mm. I guess if this still shot would be Harps Homer, like of the dugout behind him, and everybody's you know faces are, oh my god, yeah, they're yelling, face up in the sky. Um, that's a pretty cool one, but also T's reaction after the inside the park home run, just like the yell after he slides, um, you know, head first over home plate. That's just like, you can, I can just hear the crowd. I've watched it a million times so I can like hear the call, uh, real moon so can run for days, you know, like, uh, like cool memories like that. It's something that I think is one of the more underrated moments of that series. That's cool. Obviously it, yeah, it was, it was nuts. It was, it was, an, it was an insane run. But if you go back to call it September, right? Like the Phillies were a team that quote unquote, just got in. Yeah. Um, but you flipped a switch. Do you remember what that moment was when the Phillies were able to flip a switch from going from a, a six seed wild card to, Hey, we're, we're going to the world series. We're going to like end up taking the Astros to a game six of the world series. I think if you go back to June, um, you know, when the managerial switch kind of happens, um, we played like some of the best baseball in the league uh, for a really, really long period of time. And I think to be able to do that um, after starting the way that we did, um, you know, the dis disappointing start is like you just get so much confidence um, in the group. Um, you start to trust the guys around you. And like at the end of the day, we have like really, really good players, um, MVP type players, guys that have done it in in those huge, huge situations before. So um, we kind of leaned on that. Uh, you know, there's so much talk about um, Schwarber as a baseball player and like what he can do to a baseball. But the way that he and just like could bring us together as a group, no matter the situation, we just rolled somebody or, you know, kind of got crushed in a game. Um, he just had such a, a good impact on us in the clubhouse that we just got really tight as a group. So I don't know if the switch like happened late. Um but more so kind of earlier in the summer and we were just kind of able to keep that rolling. I do remember late in September, like we were kind of teetering a little bit. Um, guys were getting a little banged up. And I think that once we kind of got that monkey off the back of getting into the postseason for the first time um, in, you know, 10, 11 years as the Phillies organization, just kind of able to like relax and go back to being really, really good baseball players that we are. And, um, got really good results yeah i i was kind of curious because you've you've been you've been in the phillies organization since 14 came up in 17 um but during that run it just obviously felt like it was bryce harper's team uh i think it was joe kelly talked about this either in his book or on a podcast about how like when mookie betts showed up in the dodgers clubhouse that he gave this like speech to the clubhouse and it was like his team, but it just I don't want to say it fell on deaf ears, but it was just like, wait a second. What? Like it just it felt like out of place. Yeah. 
So for you, as someone that was already there and already a guy in that Phillies clubhouse, what was the dynamic of Bryce Harper showing up as a free agent and gelling with that group and having it become his team, even though he I don't want to say he was one of the newer guys, because at that point he'd been there for a couple of seasons for this the, that postseason run. But what was that transition like to where there were other guys who had been there longer, that they were veterans, but now it's it's Bryce's team? Yeah, I mean, look, anytime like you can acquire or get a guy um, like Bryce Harper on your team, right? Like everybody knows where Bryce is as soon as he steps in the stadium, right? Like that's the kind of guy that he is because he's so freaking talented. Um, and but with that, like you said, comes that kind of responsibility of being a face of a franchise or leading when times are are down. I think one thing that's cool about this clubhouse that we've been able to um, develop over the last three, I guess we're going on five. This is year five for Bryce, right? So um, is that we also have studs all around the field on the staff. Um, We also in 2019 got acquired JT Real Muto, who is as much or more of a leader as any guy in that clubhouse Um, does it differently kind of as a silent leader, but, you watch this guy work and um, he just does everything right. So we kind of like lead differently depending on, you know, who guys are. And I think that's like such a really effective way um, as a group and brings guys together just because guys respond differently to different things. And um, you can, you know, attack that from all different angles. I think you get a really cohesive group. Well, to that to that point, I wanted to ask you d- during that transition of of leadership. I've been through that in the middle of a season. I know what that's like. Yeah, it's something that can absolutely galvanize a group. It's something that can bring you together and almost bring you together before the FNG is let inside, right? Before the new guy is let inside that group as well. So it, it's. Can can you speak to what that did for you guys just as a group? Because yeah. I because I like I said I've been there. Yeah, I mean, and like you said, like when new guy, like new players, new staff. Um, you know, like we had a managerial change last year in the middle of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have like already a pretty strong group like that, um, guys kind of leading in different ways. You know, maybe it's a starter that is around the arms more than I'm around the arms just because of schedule. Um, so like he can kind of attack some of those young guys uh, in terms of being a leader. But when you have like a really strong group like that, it just makes that transition from being the new guy to just like being a part of the group um, so much smoother. And again, like we can get everybody pulling on the same rope um, with the talent we have. Like it's the sky's the limit as we saw last year. Um, one last question, unless they have something else. Uh, last one for me before we let you go. Cool. Uh, we do have a lot of Philly fans that listen, a lot of baseball fans that maybe didn't uh, have a, a dog in the fight last postseason gravitated towards the Phillies because it just felt like, I mean, it like the team embodied the the spirit of the city being blue collar and all that. Is there a favorite story of yours, something that happened behind the scenes um, that we as fans would not have known unless you told us. Yeah. Um, I'll just go back to like 
so a, a memory that I have that stands out um, of just like being in the city and, and kind of like embodying that blue collar mentality is like, I just, I, it was before one of the games, uh, it must've been the brave, brave series. Um, first time back in Philly. And we had the, you know, the song, the dancing on my own song that uh, we kind of rallied around as, and I'm going out, um, I think to get coffee and, um, driving um, by a big construction site, and I just see all these big old buffed out construction workers just belting out, dancing on my own as it's um, being uh, played throughout their construction site. So cool moment! Like I'll always remember that. I'll always be able to hear that song. Um, yeah. yeah. Jared song. hates that shit. He said he got <laughs> stole it from the Red Sox. Well, that is true. You guys did steal it, but it was uh, I was cool. I, when we were going after every single game of that NLCS, when we were walking through the parking lot, you would we would be walking by cars that like every car that was leaving the parking lot was playing that song. Like every single one. I mean, the, the, the teams that embrace that song are over two. We'll put it that way. It's a cursed <laughs> yeah. song. Pretty, pretty good track record on getting playoffs. Obviously, we want to win a championship. Nobody likes a second place trophy. But. Right. That's facts. Dallas. I'm good, man. I'm good. Just good to see you, brother. Good to see you. Good to hear that everything's going well. Good to yeah. see. Uh, yeah. Good, good to hear that you're going to be or that you're that sh- everything is is lining up timeline wise. And uh, and I'm, I'm glad that Jamie's finally going to be able to get you the hell out of the house so she can live her life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Guys, uh, I've been obviously following from afar. Um, cool to see you guys watch and watch you guys do your thing to help grow the game. Um, cause that's what it's all about, man. It's a beautiful game. Let's try to get it to as many people across the world as we can. Absolutely. We appreciate that. It's good to see you again. Let's, uh, let's not go seven years. Uh, the next time that you come up, <laughs> I'm in, I'm in. And again, June 22nd, um, have a chance to make an impact in the, the city of Philadelphia. Um, should be a great event and I appreciate you guys having me on. Cool. Thank you. Go to uh, Reese Hoskins Instagram. The link is in the bio if you want to help out if you're not in Philadelphia. Otherwise, June 22nd is the date. We'll see you there. Thank you, Reese. We really appreciate you taking the time. Cheers, y'all. Later, buddy. Big thanks to Reese Hoskins for coming on the podcast today. Um, We went back and counted and he went 401 episodes in between podcast appearances with us. That's all. Which is remarkable. That's all. But you yeah. know what? He even made the he even made the assertion that we've all grown since then. Yeah. Yeah. And we I have. mean, he he that that's probably something that I should have asked him is like, you know, you go back to that guy. Episode six, Reese, like what advice would you what advice would uh, episode 400 and whatever Reese give to episode six, Reese? Be interesting. Probably get more. Fucking BID bumps. Mm. Get in here sooner. Yeah. Mm. Understandable. Understandable why you'd want that to happen. It's real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you guys see the Nats game canceled? Really? Yep. Canceled. Huh. P- postponed, if you will. Excuse me. Wildfires, man. Wildfires in Canada are raging affecting baseball on the east coast which which sucks so if you're if you are listening to this and you're a, a neighbor to the north 
uh, stay safe, stay inside. For real. Who dealt with this madness for years. Go get a mask, a breathable mask. If you're going to go outside, I'm joking. I'm dead serious. You're going to have ash on your car, ash on Be vigilant, but stay safe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you see a lot of stuff, but you don't see Canada. I haven't seen one fire. I just see people here talking shit. Oh, look at the air. Haven't seen one fire in Canada. Are Get you, that on my for you page, please. Are you attacking are you attacking big fire right now? Saying they're deceiving Canada? Yeah. I mean, everyone's saying, look at all this smoke from Canada. Fuck Canada. And just whatnot. How about we show some love for the Canadians? I'm sure there's some crazy footage. All we're seeing is pictures of Yankee Stadium. Looks like Mars. Yeah, very, cool. s- very selfish. Very selfish of the of the East Coast to make it about them when I mean you're just a you're 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 an innocent bystander. I get it. I feel bad for you. Folks up north. Mm. What are they? They're hoping to play a doubleheader today? <clears throat> Is that what I saw Heyman say? To today? Yeah. I don't know how you could I mean there are reasons to be cautiously optimistic on Yankees White Sox doubleheader today, barring an unforeseen change, which is always possible. What are the what are the possibilities? Like if the uh, air quality is getting worse and they didn't play yesterday, I mean, am I fucking that math up? You think or? that's a question that John Heyman followed up with when he got the, the templated email or text from MLB PR and here's what you should say, sir? Tweet it now. I just, I, I just, I can remember, you know, the A's <laughs> blowing right past the health index and playing, playing baseball when Ash is falling into the, <laughs> into the press box. So. I know there will be an effort to play baseball. I'm just, I'm just saying it out loud because I, you know, at some point in time in society, when you stop saying shit like that out loud and you start to just be okay with it, you realize how fucked up things have gotten. So, just wanted to, if air quality is getting worse and they didn't play yesterday, how we would play two <laughs> baseball games today? Just, I'm, I just had a question. That's all. Just wanted to get it out. Think about the parlays. How are you going to win your parlays <laughs> if they're canceling games, Dallas? Come on. I, hey, I, I, I understand, man. I get it. I just, I have to say these things out loud for my own sanity. The air quality was like three times on the opposite end of the spectrum that it should be yesterday. Yeah. Like, I believe the, the index level is like anything above 200 is like un is unplayable and it's because you shouldn't even be outside you should not be outdoors in this let alone like working yourself up to a resting heart rate of 160 for three hours how do they not just relocate these games well i don't know i mean because you're you're talking about this all it takes is a strong wind and now this entire blanket can be over here and it can shift over so you you do like you have to pay attention to where the air quality is viable, but also understanding that Mother Nature don't give a fuck about your plans to move a baseball game. If the wind starts shifting and blowing, now you're feeling. I mean, dude, when when I was in, so Stockton, California, is sixty five seventy miles or so from Oakland, California. All right, and those two places are hundreds of miles away 
from where the wildfires were raging and ash and soot and all that's all over houses, cars, people are having to spray stuff down so that stuff doesn't travel. Those hot embers travel and just torch the land. Like that's how you defend it. And it's because that's all you can do. You can't move. So imagine trying to like logistically move an entire baseball game in terms of people, the team, hotels, accommodating all that stuff, fans. Like how it's so tough to do, dude. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Yeah. I, I was following along on Instagram. Like I saw a bunch of the minor league guys that I think were in Brooklyn. Somewhere around mm-hmm. there, they were posting mm-hmm. pictures, and it's like, dude, how are you even in a dugout right now? Go home. <laughs> like, I, just, I don't know. The fact that they're even considering playing baseball is wild. Well, I just checked, and Dallas said magic numbers 200. New York City right now is at 184. So play ball, boys. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Suck time to in play. that air. And that is a Joey. Oh, yeah. If that's the case, they will be playing baseball. You bet your ass. They will start it at 199. <laughs> How bad was it um, out west? Wasn't Weren't there like outrageous fires going on in California and they just played through them on the west coast a couple of years ago? There's never not outrageous fires going on in California. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, my fucking house, my property got burned, dude. Part of my property. We have trees I on the property that were burned. I left. It was one of the scariest moments of, of my life, of my life. I went, I was going to my back office to go get one more, one more item. And I went, I got up to like my pool and was like, oh fuck, fire's right. I can't, I can't go up there. I gotta go. Gotta and, go. And thus perished the photo of me and Dallas together. <laughs> <laughs> so I fucking... I we we left and we went to the ocean and I told my wife I was like when we get here or we went to the city just walked around I said when we get here you need to prepare to pull up our our cameras and you need to prepare to be watching our home burn like are you mentally prepared for that Joe is the fucking thirstiest motherfucker he's sipping into the goddamn mic every 35 goddamn between, seconds how fucking thirsty him, are you dude between him between him blowing his water bottle and trying to fucking <laughs> Top rope macho man Randy Savage elbow the fuck out of his keyboard. It's uh yeah. it's been a while. I didn't do that. I didn't fucking <laughs> like do go that. grab That's... some pots and pans. All right, I like water. I drink water because I like to drink water because I get thirsty. That's fine. How but I didn't thirsty? fucking type drink once. water. How Joey, thirsty? I've received drier blowjobs than what you've just given to that water <laughs> bottle. <laughs> Literally. Every fucking 35 seconds. <laughs> fuck i'm over here bro in the washington dc area we're canceling baseball games because of the fucking smoke i'm trying to stay healthy because i'm living in a fucking smog (laughs) and i can't i gotta drink some water to fight (laughs) the shit and now i'm getting shit i didn't type i didn't type at all you want to hear me type yeah Yeah, it's not as loud as what's going on you don't hear right because when i type you don't fucking come up through the mic so even if I did type, you wouldn't be able to hear it. Wasn't me. I'm not pointing fingers. I don't know who it was. It wasn't me. <sighs> the first ever ASMR baseball podcast. Um, 
We've Zach gone too far. That. We've that gone out. too you far do. already without talking about the Cincinnati Reds. And it's a big baseball is dead announcement. Um, we are now a Cincinnati Reds podcast that also covers Major League Baseball. We are a Reds first podcast. Um, yesterday, old Ellie De La Cruz first big league home run. 2 2. Into right center field. He adds an extra base. Oh, and, uh, I'm, an, I'm an asshole. That was the triple. That was the triple. That was the triple. Hey, no one bats a wow. thousand. You know that. You know that. You know that. You know that. Hey, you know, fuck you. Shut what up. Shut fucking, the fuck up. Hey, what Shut time up. does the varsity fuck game you. start? Shut up. This fucking Shut JV up. Fuck bullshit. Hits this one a ton. And Ellie De La Cruz has his first major league home run. Thing it's went to a the mammoth shot. Top to of the, the top fucking of the bleachers. bleachers. For real. The top of the fucking bleachers. 458 feet. Ellie De La Cruz hits his first big league home run. Absolutely murders the thing. And so now. Hey, and, uh, that was Jay an Hay optical has illusion. A, it was an yeah, optical so illusion. Ellie De, La so Cruz, hard. Ellie De La Cruz is the first player in Major League Baseball history to have a double, a triple, a home run, and a walk across his first two career MLB games. That's one. Sarah Langs tweets Ellie De La Cruz and Will Benson each hit their first career home run tonight. It's the third time in Reds history that they've had two players hit their first career home run in the same game. It was a historic night. A historic night indeed. He hit the ball so hard and it went so far. I think off the bat and like where it hit, you it just I didn't expect to see the ball there. You know what I mean? Like, I thought the ball was going to be going a different place. And where it hit up there, like, I was just like, son of a... That ball's hit really hard. Really, really hard. Yeah. Really uh, hard. He's the real deal. I think... Uh, did I also see somewhere that he had the fastest home to third in the league this year? That's yes. true? Yep. Yeah. Jay, hey, what was, the, what was the statistic that you tweeted earlier? Oh, just... He's basically now played a full season between the minors and the majors since the start of last year, 161 games, and he's at 41 homers and 58 stolen bases now. Not bad. Mm. Could be the first 30-30 for the Reds since Brandon Phillips in 2007. Only other people who have done that in franchise history are Barry Larkin and Eric Davis. By the way, if you're a listener who, he- who has never visited Eric Davis's baseball reference page, take five minutes out of your day to go do that. Uh, that's a fun one. Anyway. Um, the thing about Ellie De La Cruz that I think is, uh, maybe cooler than some of these other top prospects that have debuted recently, like Corbin Carroll, who I do want to shout out at some point on this episode and Gunnar Henderson and, you know, all these other guys is that like, he seems to have electrified major league baseball as a whole more than your typical prospect. Like I'm getting texts and inquiries about Ellie De La Cruz from people who, are like fringe baseball fans, uh, which I think is is really cool um, and not something that's been on the Reds roster uh, anytime recently. So I know we talked about, you know, the Reds as an adoptive team and their merits for that last pod, but, um, you know, he really does seem to be the type of prospect that confronts an entire, that, that can front an entire organization. Yeah. He's, He's how, how tall is he? How tall is he? Six, seven, I think. I thought well, we looked this up. You, I, I, six five, I think it was. 
I think you looked this up last He's six five. He's yeah. six five. He's six five. Like who like who else in the game moves like this? Profile like Him I think, and O'Neill well, Cruz are like the only two. That's yeah. that's that's that that's it. That's the comparison. Him and O'Neill. Like he like ain't who, moving and, right and, now. No, and O'Neill's yeah. not moving right now. He'll be all right. He'll be all right. Um but just the, the the physical, like when you say the fastest time from home to third, you know, and that's not necessarily just overall sprint speed. There, there's base running involved in that, but he is covering large amounts of earth with each stride, and he's long levered. So the leverage he's going to be able to create at the plate, I think about Cruz. I also think about a guy by the name of Daryl Strawberry. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like there's some, like just the you know how lean he is, but the fucking thump. <laughs> like that, I I just love that look. I love that combination of a guy who's wiry, sinewy, sort of, and can just absolutely rake. Can fire, can fucking fire. Fast twitch, get to get to positions quickly. Other guys can't. They just make things that are really hard to do, and they get in positions that are difficult to get in, and they they do it easily. It there is a go. very strange. It's a very it's a very unique body type. Like I bet O'Neill Cruz, I don't know about Ellie, I bet O'Neill Cruz can bench like 155 and then hits <laughs> 450 foot bombs. It's just a different type of power. Well, that is just, that is one of those yeah, things that you kind of notice when you get into big league clubhouses is that not many of them have impressive physiques. It that that may, but that makes what they do all the more impressive because they don't look like these you would think like back in the day, like you associate home runs with like the steroid guys and they're jacked out of their minds. like at these big ass arms. Then you go into a, a big league clubhouse and you see these guys come out the shower with their towels on. You're like that dude, that, that dude hits fucking 35 home runs. What? How? Like how? How's that possible? It's crazy. Not going to name any names, but there are some very unimpressive physiques in big league baseball. <laughs> Pete Alonzo. I'll name names. Yeah. That's a great picture. Well, at least he. Except yeah, he, he is a guy who. Yeah. He, no, I posted. I posted a picture of Trevor Cahill in 2000. Oh, what was this? Uh, was it like 2000? Yeah, it might have been 2018. I don't know. No, 2000. Whenever Six. Trevor Cahill's body was the same the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, it was. Uh, you don't. You probably don't look at him and think to yourself, "Oh wow, this guy's like a. <laughs> this guy's a like a really good pitcher. This guy's a like because and Cahill was like he's athletic, but he was. He did not look like he might have been athletic. Jared. Uh, I think with this whole Reds podcast transition and stuff like that, maybe we talk to DraftKings about sending you or some of the crew down to Sabana Grande de Boya. Uh, I mean, sorry? I know you're very, I know you're very familiar. Oh, of course, you're very familiar with Sabana Grande de Boya uh, in the DR where Ellie de la Cruz was born. Absolutely, um, yeah, yeah. So I just right next to Sagas Domingo. Yeah, yeah. So maybe we ten miles north to old Sabana Grande. Um, mm-hmm. Do a little documentary like you and Ellie down there i would love to do that <laughs> i mean i'm not i don't produce for this show but i just thought i'd toss that out there as a possible idea 
Yeah, I would I would be very down to do that. I mean, it's been a while since I've been back. Um, you know, I'm sure that there's a lot of people that are going to be like, oh, where you been? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and, just kind uh, of like a like a joint welcoming home, like Ellie's mm-hmm. welcoming home, your welcoming home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I haven't been back since the WBC. I had to give them time to kind of get over that. I mean, in in America, I think the next morning everyone was like, all right, anyways, <laughs> after after the U.S. lost in the final, uh, I feel like oh, just moving on with their lives. But they, they were still feeling it down in the DR. And I was like, ah, listen, um, kind of like when a starting pitcher gives up seven or runs and it's like, oh, I'm not talking to that guy for a couple of days. Like you need some time to, to cool down. Uh, the DR needed several months to cool down after the uh, World Baseball Classic didn't go our way. Um, but yeah, no, I would I would definitely be down for that. Dallas, how many times have you been to the to the Dominican? I have never been to the Dominican. Oh, so why the fuck no. are you trying to fly me to Japan when the Dominican is so much closer? If you want to do these exotic uh global baseball trips why are you trying to fly me 58 hours to japan when we could just go to the dominican republic first because the dominican is not offering what japan is offering. <laughs> what, what do you mean what do you mean yeah. they both have baseball yeah very different very 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 different brands of baseball yeah the dominicans is better uh, i mean dallas is trying to teach you some respect bro no, he needs to go to Japan to see the respect. It's, it's, they're just different worlds. Like I said, I want like the one the talent that is there, but I've I always talk about the Koshin and that being the place where legends are born. Mm-hmm. And you're 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 watching, like you're watching these dudes grow into what they're going to be in the Nippon League, and then eventually grow into be when they decide that they've outgrown that league and they'd rather come over and test their skill at the major league. I feel, I feel like Jay Hay would know this. What's that, can, what's that board game where it's like the entire world map and you like take over risk, countries risk it's risk. I thought it was Stratego. Risk, yeah. Is it risk? Well, that the, Stratego is, is also a game like that, but I, I, I've only played risk in my life. That's the, okay. So let's just say that the baseball content game is a game of risk. Let's just say that Japan is spoken for right now. So we need to, we need to work on taking over other countries. No, I don't. I don't think that's true. You think the battle for Japan is still up for debate? <laughs> I, I think, um, y- yeah. Just based on, I don't know that it is Dallas. I'm just saying. Quality. I'm. I'm willing to. I'm willing to. Uh... I'll tell you what's not up Whoa. for debate. I have Yakutsk on lockdown. And Greenland. Oh, we're not doing risk talk anymore? <laughs> no, we're talking about colonizing the world in terms of baseball. That's what Jared's on about. Oh, what happened there? See? You ain't See, got look. Greenland, you ain't got shit. See, what happened to Dallas? Dallas has gone too? No, that's true. That's true. They you guys both power. cut out. It's been me, Joey, and Jake holding this shit down. I don't know what that was. Well, that was like a... I, it said, it said that my internet system. cut out, but it didn't. That was a... <laughs> you know what that was? Yeah, whatever Jared had to say was... Don't worry. Whatever, what we did while you guys were gone is what Jake's going to clip for the social segment. It was me talking Yakutsk in Greenland. We're good. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take over Greenland. Well, risk. We were talking risk. This do is they really have good. baseball. This is really there? good podcast right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do they have? Where baseball the- in Greenland? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, I, I don't know. Well, we need to we need to come up with a with a plan. Uh, 
because yeah. I'm uh, ready I, I'm to, to. I'm not willing to concede Japan. Japan. I mean, <laughs> where'd where <did> it go? <laughs> And you should, we should be looking to take up. We need to focus on Puerto Rico. We need to focus on uh, the Dominican Republic. We need to focus on Canada. Canada's done. <laughs> There's no Canada, bro. You don't think? Well, Canada's on fire right now. I think they've got bigger problems. But, uh, yeah, I think I think we need to come up with a different plan because Japan, <laughs> the battle, it's over, dude. It is Jover. What happened to Jared? I'm right here. I think we need a new Riverside link first. First things first. Let's get a, let's get a new Riverside link. And then we can take over the rest of the world once we get that sorted out. Yeah, what's going on, Jake? Is, this, is go, this a Riverside I, issue? I cannot wait to listen to the last five minutes of this pod. This is going to be the best. <laughs> it's going to be a brutal edit. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, Jake! <laughs> can Dallas and Jared not hear each other? I can hear Dallas. I can hear shit. You still can't hear Dallas. Is Jared talking? No. <laughs> can you hear me? <laughs> I haven't heard Jared or seen Jared in fucking five minutes. <laughs> How's this? Can you guys see me? Yeah, yeah, I can see you. Yeah, I can okay. see both of you. I can see Dallas, and I can hear him I too. The, Jared's not even on the radar right now. <laughs> yeah, but it says that it says that you're unable to subscribe to this participant. Can we do final thoughts? Yeah, let's do some final thoughts. <laughs> this has not been a smooth podcast. Sorry, right. it is Thursday. The internet's tired. Is is Jared talking? <laughs> no. You might have to leave and come back, Dallas. Just leave. <laughs> just leave, dude. Oh, yeah. I'm just gonna leave. Yeah, here, bro. <laughs> leave that in. Leave all this in. This is good. <laughs> People need to know that we're not perfect. I can't even close the goddamn page. This guy. What the fuck? <laughs> Behind the scenes with the baseball is dead pod. <laughs> Dude, everything is fucking. Everything is frozen. Reload? Fuck you, reload. I'm trying to get the fuck out of here. Can't, don't you have the ability to just boot him, Jake? Yeah, I just did it. Thank God. I don't know what you think it's Riverside. I got maybe because we had like six people on the call at first. It's because it's like my computer's really slow right now, too. PC load letter. Yeah, that was wild. Yeah, Riverside every once in a while will just have a terrible day. So is that day. Ellie De La Cruz plays in 12 minutes. Hey, how are you guys doing? Hey. That was good. Welcome back. <clears throat> um, 
All right, where do we want to pick that up? Greenland. Yeah. Greenland. <laughs> what are we talking about? Japan and Dominican? Yeah. How, yes. All right. Give me one good reason why you still think that Japan is on the table. Because it's exciting cultural baseball over there. I understand all that. I understand why we would want Japan. I'm asking you Mm -hmm. how you think at this juncture we would be able to enter the conversation for Japan. I would like to hear why you think we couldn't. I think that intrigues me more. Okay. Uh, it's, 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 it's almost as if, though, uh, Japan has very much been invaded and uh, that entity has its, its feet up on the table quite comfy in Japan. And I it would be a battle for Japan. It would be. You can't if someone if someone comes in there and establishes themselves as as the Japan entity, then like, we're second. Um, I would rather be the first Dominican podcast than the second Japanese podcast. Are you talking Ben Verlander? You don't think we could beat him? He owns know, Japan. I think he owns Japan. <laughs> Because he because he flew over to chase around the neighborhood of one guy. <laughs> that listen, That's that one guy, that one guy is a pretty big deal in Japan. Oh, no question. But could you imagine highlighting, oh, I don't know, 10, 12 kids that are gonna grow up. Re- remember, Jared? Remember what I told you? The guys in the minor leagues, what do they do? Guys in the minor leagues grow up to be guys in the major leagues. And when you talk to the guys in the minor leagues and they grow up to be guys that are in the major leagues, well, that that relationship has been formed. They know who you are. And so when you catch these guys at an early age on their biggest stage, in their country's biggest stage, outside of the WBC, and you are drawing attention to that and not just one player, but you're covering a broader spectrum mm-hmm. of the sport and the culture, I think that is what we call a separating factor. Let me ask. Let me so ask everyone else this question. I can go here if I question. wanted about one guy. I can go here if I wanted on a different scale. Jay, hey, what what's your interest level in going to Japan with me and Dallas? Very high. <clears throat> Joey, what is your interest level in going to Japan with me, Dallas, and Jay? Hey? I'm right up there with Jay. Hey. I'm very high. Wow. When is this high school tournament? They have it twice. They have a summer cushion and they have a winter cushion. Okay, when's the winter one? Um, like right after fall and just before spring. That's a wide gap. When the fuck is it? <laughs> it's well, for one, it's a smart ass answer because. Winter is the season that comes right after fall and mm-hmm. just before spring. Yeah. So, I mean, seasons in Japan, I'm not completely caught up on. I, I feel like that's probably somewhere around December-ish, mm-hmm. early part of January, February-ish. Yeah. And then the spring, summer, Koshin, somewhere There's around There's one that takes summer, place so. 
You know? There's one that takes place in March, and there's one that takes place in August. March and August appear to be the two tournaments. Okay, so nothing like what Dallas just said. Not quite. Yeah, this I was hoping what... to go over there in the off season so we didn't miss Major League Baseball while we're in uh, Japan. It doesn't seem to be an option. Unless, I mean, I guess the March one would technically be, would fall into that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we could go in March to Japan. Um, My, I think it's really like, I, I, the flight would suck. It's really just like the, do they have chicken nuggets? Like, I don't know (laughs) if I'll be able to survive. Like, how many like frozen, chicken fingers can i fit into a suitcase to ensure my survival while i'm in japan they got all kind of vending options right there on the street for you you know what i mean no whatever you need yeah whatever you need (laughs) yeah chicken 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 katsu like you'd be good to go dude you'd be good you'd be fine jake do you want to go to japan fine yeah i'd go to japan okay all right. I mean, all right. Yeah, fine. Let's go to Japan. But I, 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 yeah. I do want to so, go so to the Dominican. Quite work out the way you would have liked it to. No, I'm not. I wasn't. I wasn't hoping for everyone to be like, no, I don't want to go. Like, I, I didn't expect everyone to be so gung ho about it. But listen, if we do a week in Japan, we better come back with a one content. Oh, but dude, there's no way that you don't come back with A1 content. There's no way. Well, there's zero way. Trust I, me, if that was something that we were actually going to be able to do, I would get the ball rolling in terms of making contacts with folks that I have over there so that we could make it a trip. Like, dude, when I went over I went over there, and how about this? This is a great story. I went over there, and I was a Mizuno guy, right? So Mizuno gear, so squared up with those folks. And I was going on a tour of the Mizuno factory. They gave me two massive bags, three massive bags to just load shit up in. Like, just here, whatever you want. Grab fucking everything. And before that happened, (laughs) our agent actually booked me at a Mizuno bakery. So instead of giving us the address and setting us up at the Mizuno factory the first time, he screwed up got a hold of this Mizuno bakery, M-I-Z-U-H-N-O, something like this. And it was actually like a extremely famous bakery. And they've got pictures of fucking Taylor Swift, of like Leonardo DiCaprio, of like super famous people that have come into this bakery. So me and Wilson, the guy that I was with, looking the way we did at the time, walk over, you know, we're in Japan. We're a little taller than everybody. We're we got you know sleeveless shirts, tattoos, and look walk into this bakery, and there's hundreds of people in this bakery. Hundreds of people. And some of them were waiting for Wilson and I, and some of them had no idea who we were. And we got there and they like sat us down, put us in this corner, and I was like, Weez, um, I am pretty sure we're in the wrong fucking spot right now. This is a bakery and they showed us the like communication between them and our agent and i was like we're definitely in the right spot but this is not this is not the so they were completely hyped out like hundreds of those people weren't there for us but that's just how popular the bakery is but there was probably 
50, 60 people there in line waiting for him and I at this at this fucking bakery with shit to sign. Okay. Um, did they have nuggets or no? Crazy. <laughs> yeah, like, do they have Uber? I, they, they did not have nuggets. My, have nuggets. Uh, I think yeah, going over there and, and, and videoing Jared... Is- Jared eating the cuisine would be way. would be enough. Yeah. I'm gonna stop talking. Jared's the first dance with ramen. Yeah, lag is horrible. Um, all right. Uh, Father's Day is right around the corner. Here's the truth: Dads want steak. When you give dad perfectly aged and oh so tender steaks, you're not giving him the best meal of his life, but the chance to grill them up and share the moment with you. Uh, for a limited time, when you go to omahasteaks.com and enter the promo code DEAD, D-E-A-D, into the search bar, you'll be able to order the dad's favorite gift package for just $99.99. Plus, you will get eight free Omaha Steaks burgers with your order. These burgers taste like steak on a bun and are ultra lean in pack of bold, intense, beefy flavor. Here's what you get. Save over 60% on the dad's favorite grill pack. You will get four bacon-wrapped fillets, four premium air-chilled boneless chicken breasts, four boneless pork chops, four gourmet jumbo franks, four made-from-scratch caramel, caramel apple tartlets, and an Omaha Steak seasoning, plus the eight free Omaha Steaks burgers for only $99.99. Remember, gifting is easy. Dads want steak, and Omaha Steaks isn't just steak. It is the best steak of your life, guaranteed. Don't wait. Go to omahasteaks.com, type in dead into the search bar, and order dad's favorite gift package for Father's Day today. That's omahasteaks.com, keyword dead. Um, Okay. I guess we're going to Japan. Not something that I had anticipated uh, when I woke up this morning. Um, Jay, hey, what do you think in your mind? Uh, what do you think the the return on investment is going to be for a, a baseball's dead Japanese trip? Super high. I think it would be maybe the number one destination that we could possibly go for baseball content and off the beaten path non-baseball content combination like i've never been there but uh you know having you test the japanese cuisine i think would be a big hit i think that alone would uh would produce content that's worth the trip let alone all the baseball stuff i would be plus like you know there's just the contrast of uh the five of us or whatever portion of the group would go standing out against like the Japanese people. Like, I think that presents a, a compelling visual for a, a product like this. I think it would be fun seeing you guys in the stands, seeing us in the stands. I think it would be awesome. I've always wanted to go too. my mom. Don't, went. Don't, my, don't, my mom went in the late sixties. Yeah. And said it was awesome. Well, I'll let her, I'll, uh, I'll see if she has any connections that we could leverage. That's, that's my fear is going to any country where I don't know the native language. That's why I'm so comfortable going to the Dominican Republic but if I go to Japan, I don't know the language. I don't know, like, like, do they have Uber? Don't know. Like, if you get lost, yeah. if I get separated from the group and I'm just like a child, how do I get to where I'm going? I don't know. Like, that's a very scary thing. They are. I'm telling you right now, walking in the subway, they people come up to you. People come up to you because they can tell that you're a lost tourist. <laughs> it's pretty obvious you're, you're from out of town. And they know that they can help, and they do. Like, that was one of the coolest things 
about my first time there was how endearing people were. They were just like, hey, take take this line. You'll get off here. They just they're trying to help. They're trying to make life easy. And it's it, it is a culture shock. Because you just you're you're, mm. you're watching a mass of people operate in a way where you, you don't like children. Children are walking around, and children are allowed to navigate the subway systems and stuff alone at a young age because the entire nation looks to protect their children and safeguard their children, and like that shit is not happening here, <laughs> not at all. So just little stuff like that is a very different eye-opening experience outside of even the game of baseball. I'm already afraid. We haven't even looked into it. We haven't booked anything. It's it's already something that's causing chaos in my brain. But I I would go. I would go. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm not kicking and screaming. I'm not saying no. I'm not refusing. I'm just saying I'm a little apprehensive. A little apprehensive about going to Japan. Because the DR offers what I think a lot of people have already experienced. Yeah, I've been to the DR. I'm much more interested in Japan. Yeah. Mm. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Jake, book Japan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put in that paperwork. We'll just assume it's it's good to go. Yeah. A uh, <laughs> uh, little Luis Arias batting average update. <clears throat> we just did an episode yesterday in which Luis Arias was hitting, I believe, 401. It was, uh, he went, it started off with him going five for five, right? He went five for five against the A's. You remember that, of course, Dallas. Um, that was on June 3rd. So he went from 374 to 390 after going. Five for five against the A's. Then he went two for four against the A's. Now he's hitting 392. And that's when we started talking about it. I mean, you got to hit fucking 390 to even get our attention. <laughs> so he's hitting 392 after that final game against the A's, uh, in which the Marlins, I believe. Did the Marlins sweep the A's, Dallas? We don't have to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. So I think they swept him in that one. So now he's at 392. Everyone's like, wow, 392. That's pretty good. Next day against the Royals, three for four. And he's hitting 399. He's knocking on the door 400. Everyone's like, wow, he's in the conversation to hit uh, 400. But it's still 399. The next day against the Royals, two for four. Now he's hitting 401. I was like, wow, he's over 400. That is so cool. On June 6th, he's hitting over 400. That's pretty cool. Maybe this is the peak. And then last night, in another win for the Miami Marlins, by the way. Six to one victory. That's what? Six straight wins for the Marlins? Good for them. Goes two for four again and is now hitting 403 on the season. Which is very, very, uh, it's a special thing. I know we, I'm not going to beat batting average into the ground, but I will say the Miami Marlins right now uh, have won six straight ball games. Uh, they're keeping paying. I mean, the Braves have also won four straight, but they are three back of the Braves. Could you imagine the Marlins sniffing first place in that division after the off seasons that the Phillies had, the Mets had, and you've got the Braves being the Braves. The Marlins are only three games back right now on the back 
of Luis Arias and his 403 batting average. Are you fucking nervous, yeah, Joe? No Jazz Chisholm. I'm, I'm not nervous. I will be honest. I'm not nervous, but I do like what they're doing over there in Miami. They got some momentum as a city. They got Messi coming over the heat in the finals. And they got a rise hit. I mean, their their formula is basically a rise gets a hit every time. And then Jorge Soler hits a home run right after. Mm-hmm. And that alone has been a good enough combination because both those guys, I mean, uh, uh, Soler, Solaire, Solar Power has 17 bombs this year. He's they, under the radar. And it's crazy they've done this without Jazz Chisholm. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say I'm scared, but I mean they I mean they they could keep it up, I guess. Man, Jazz comes back. I don't know what, what's going on with him. But that's a kind of a guy who people kind of thought could be in the MVP conversation. And to lose him on a team no one thought was going to be good and then still be good. You gotta show some love for that. Gotta show some love. Absolutely have to show some love. Um, Jay Hayes got to go. Dallas, you got a baseball game. I, I want steak tips. I'm hungry. Um, <laughs> so I I got one more thing that I want to get to. But first, uh, check out Max. New streaming service called Max. It's a sure bet with everything on HBO Max, including HBO, the DC Universe, Adult Swim, together with TLC, Discovery, Food Network, and more. Max really has some of the best content out there. There's literally something for everyone. Yes, you need a subscription. Get in on the action. Max, the one to watch. Visit max.com right now. Sign up. Get all the great content on HBO Max. I'm trying to find the DM right now because there was a, um, there was a baseball is dead. Okay, Hogan. Hogan DM'd me and said, just going to put this out there. The Cardinals are the only team in the NL Central that have a positive run differential, and they are in last place. Just a little fun nugget for the pod today. Uh, The St. Louis Cardinals are 26 and 37. They have a plus one run differential. They are in last place. The rest of the division uh, has a negative run differential. Not by much. I mean, the Reds are negative 30. Uh, the Cubs are negative six. The Pirates are negative two. The Brewers are negative 12. But that, to me, like, where are we at on that division? Because now I got a lot of people chirping me when I was when I was saying, hey, Cincinnati is the center of the baseball universe right now. I believe that. Everyone, ever since Ellie De La Cruz got called up, everyone is focused on, on the Cincinnati Reds. And why would you be? I don't care uh, what the record is or what the run differential is. The, the starting point was two games ago. Now everyone is tuned in. Now everyone is paying attention. But is this a wide open division still? Like, where, how do we feel about how this division is going to shake out? And are the St. Louis Cardinals, who are, by the way, uh, eight and a half games back of the Brewers in first place, is the division up for grabs? Yes. Why wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't it be? Who who has who has shown right now that they have? or who has who has shown a brand of baseball that is going to be consistent enough to maintain any sort of separation they've been able to create at one point or another during the first part of the season have the pirates <clears throat> shown the ability to sustain the separation or the success that they were having early no they have not shown that have the brewers no but have the I, reds I, I, I disagree with the Brewers' comment. I think the Brewers have been pretty consistent all season long and are matched up with basically what our expectation. Like, I I agree and disagree. I think the division is absolutely wide open, and 
I guess any of these teams technically could win the division, but I also think we should say that the Brewers are are the clear favorite at this point, just given where the standings are, right? Like, unless you really believe in the Pirates, which I still don't, and I'll continue to go down with that if that's where it plays out. They have a five-game lead on the next closest team. I don't know. I just feel like the Brewers, they're, they're winning at basically the same clip the Marlins are, who we just sucked on. Well, you know what the Brewers have going against them? What's that? It's the fucking swing and A's are in town. Oh, my uh, God. Oh, so that win percentage is only going up, 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 up. Stop have it. have going against them. Stop it. Oh, so stop it? Stop hey, it. they've been playing good ball. They've been playing good ball, Dallas. They've been playing good ball. They've been playing good ball. 32 fucking knocks. 32 knocks on the Buckos. Mitch Keller, as much as I love the fella, Things haven't been going great for old Mitchie K. All right? You got tattoo. Oviedo, not so much. Nice start by Contreras yesterday. Or, uh, yeah, Ronza Contreras. Sorry, not not Oviedo. They won won his game. Yeah, uh, that was rough, man. It was was really rough to watch because it was, I mean, there were some hard hit balls, and then there was just, like, some infield hits and some bleeders, and you could just, I could just see, I could see it unfolding. Like it's what we call a big league inning. Like it just, it gets away from you and there's no pulling it back. You can't do anything to reel it in. And that was, that was painful. That hurt seven run first inning for the green and gold and, and Rowanzi could not get out of it. That was a dagger. Um, but uh, no, Jay, you're right. You're right. I, I think, I think I'm just, um, I think I, I think I've been conditioned to believe that this, division is constantly up for grabs it's almost like the two centrals just refuse to have somebody over the last five that's gonna say we're the fucking dogs like it's us this is our division and you have to take it from us like i mean is that a fair assessment yeah i don't think you're wrong i just think like like i I think the team with the most talent in the division is the Cardinals. Uh, I think the team with the most upside and upward trajectory is probably the Reds, but the Brewers lead the division and have for, I, I think at this point, the majority of the season since the Pirates hot start. Um, and I don't know, they, they've been in the mix for the division in the previous season. So I, I don't feel confident about it, but I do think they are the odds on favor to win. If we had to pick. Them. Yeah. I mean, what's fan graph say Pirates. 65% for the Brewers to win the division. Wow. Who's second place? Cardinals at 13. Cardinals 13-3. Pirates 12-7. Um, Cubs 6.1. The and the Reds. The utter the Reds disrespect. <laughs> the fucking disrespect. The... Overall, to make, overall to make the playoffs, the Cardinals are 18% and the Pirates are 17%. What are you looking at? I'm looking at fan graphs. Yeah. 20, the... Um, 2023 playoff odds page. Yeah, I got. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm an idiot. I, I thought it. I thought it was ranked by standings. Oh, I it's got, not. I got you, got you. Um, I was looking at the bottom here. I I got the Cincinnati Reds at 3.7 percent to make the playoffs. Yep. Yep. Um, I mean, is the one percent better than the Buckos simply because they have the positive run differential? I mean, the Pirates were an ass kicking away from having a positive run differential. So the, pi- the Pirates are sixteen point eight percent to make the playoffs. That's 
I know, but go. the fucking Cardinals are 17%, Jay. 18. They're, and they're in 18. last fucking place. Fangraphs has one, the Cardinals. They have a one run. So the Fangraphs has the Cardinals winning at a 532 uh, clip over the remainder of the season and has the Pirates winning at a 457 clip over the remainder of the season. So 532 would be easily in the best in the division over the remainder of the year. So that's why they think they might be able to close the gap a little. And, uh, and look, I've, I, I, I talked about this with some folks in the um you know in the pirates organization um and i've talked about it across baseball and it's not something that you know i i can hide from or can't ignore it's real the impact of the a's and if they're playing baseball not as of late not as the last two ball games but leading up to those two games you know we tied a franchise record 15 road losses in a row like not fun, right? Things have not been great. It's obvious. Mm. So where does your team have the Oakland A's on their schedule? And again, this is a conversation I was having three days ago when we first rolled into town. And I like the fact that I can say things may be different now just because of how the last two games have gone. Like there's nobody happier that they're playing baseball the way they have the last two days, the Oakland A's, than me. I can fucking <laughs> promise you that. Maybe Mark Kotze. Maybe Mark Kotze. I take that back. Me and Mark Kotze. Um, but does your team end with the Oakland A's, you know, like the angels, if they have any sort of aspirations within the division, what they can look at is, well, the last three games of the season, if we're within earshot, if we're within three, we play the Oakland A's and a week ago, that might've really excited them. And I think that can be said for anybody. And so you start to look through the divisions and you start to pick out these teams that are not playing good baseball and are they probably going to look like they do now and maybe even a shade of themselves because of the because of the um the deadline and what that's going to look like player movement mm. so like the royals who's finishing with the royals yeah uh i know jay has got to go one last thing before we get out of here the kid that caught the ellie de la cruz first big league home run what a sick uh, Yeah, there was a uh, a very I can't I don't know if he's got a podcast or but I think he's a blogger. I can't I can't I don't mean to disrespect him, but he's at the, he's he's a prominent figure on Red's Twitter. Uh, he was in the area and was filming the negotiation process between the kid who caught the ball and the Reds. So he had the video up there, and a lot of people were like, "Oh, he could get a hundred thousand. He could get five hundred thousand for this ball." And I was like, "Oh, just fucking give him his ball back. It's his ball, blah blah blah." And oh, it, this only happens in America. You're so greedy. Like in Japan, they would just give the ball back. Ends up, the kid just wanted a signed baseball for all of his boys. They, they he goes back. They get to meet Ellie De La Cruz. All of his friends got a signed baseball. He got a signed baseball and a bat. They took a picture. And to my knowledge, that was it. Like he wasn't holding out for money or like, I want to, I want to throw out the first pitch on opening day next year. And I want season tickets for life. Like it wasn't some ridiculous and not even that that's ridiculous, but it wasn't some steep request. Uh, so I thought that that was cool. But my question to you guys, Jay, Hey, first, since you have to leave, uh, if you caught that baseball or just let's say the, the, uh, the top prospect first big league home run for your respective team, what, what are your demands? What's your request to give that ball back, knowing that uh, it, it has high value? You can get something from it. Joey, Joey is going to hate this answer. 
I am holding out for the maximum amount of money that I could possibly extract from the situation without mm. being like a, an aggressive dickhead. Mm. Um, and I'm trying to get money and I'm trying to set myself, set my family up for their future. Thanks to a fucking baseball that I caught in the stands. Uh, there is, I, I am a huge baseball fan and I hope I don't need to clarify that, that for anyone. There is no prospect who could hit a baseball at me in the stands that I would not give the ball up for a hundred thousand dollars. Mm. That does not exist as like, I, I guess the, I guess if, if I caught a special Otani ball, uh, that maybe that's a different conversation because of its value. But if we're talking about a prospect just hit a home run for his first career Homer and, and he's offering me a hundred thousand dollars for that, I am accepting it. And I am, I'm crying, probably crying tears of joy. Um, a shakedown? You're shaking him down for a hundred. Yeah, I'm shaking him down so hard. I'm going to shake him so hard he's going to be concussed. Dallas, you're you're in the. Uh, I mean, my my assumption was that the hundred to five hundred thousand dollars was if you got it authenticated and sold it, and like. Yeah, a, I guess he's not providing you with a hundred thousand no. dollars on the spot. I shouldn't have phrased it that way, but you yeah, know, not I mean. like an auction or some sort of collector over time. Like it has to kind of get to that level because people are like, there's no way it's worth fucking five hundred thousand dollars. But if he goes on to be this Hall of Fame player and you have his first big league home run, someone, some eventually, it'll um, appreciate and get to $500,000 in value. Maybe that's the hope. Um, Dallas, what do you think? Like, what do you think if, if he had kept that ball and it was, it was authenticated and he could prove that was the, the first big league home run. Um, what do you think the, the value could have gotten? Let's say, let's say the situation is he does get into the hall of fame. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's half a million dollars. Yeah. But you got to wait fucking 25 years. Oh yeah, uh huh, and and well, really, even then, you know, where does he land in the pantheon of the hall? Like, you know, what 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 has he done in that regard? Like, you know, World Series runs was it? You know, record breaking, probably performances. You know, okay, to what extent? So that's where the value comes in, and the ultimate value. And I hate to say it like this, but the ultimate value comes in whether or not you're dead or alive. Yeah. Like you're not going to live to see your highest value, right? Yeah. Like I so, wonder, like what, um, like we're having conversations, like it's still right now, right? Like the the Honus Wagner, the Mickey Mantle, you know the, these things, the the Jordans, like these are like as far as the hobby is concerned, those are cards that crush. And Jordan, like he's a living legend, and it it takes like that for the value to be there, but it, it just, yeah, it's, it's, it's different, man. So then what would your, what would your answer be? What would you, uh, what would you hold out for? Would you keep it? Would you? Oh no, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm probably, I'm just, if I, if I'm a diehard Reds fan and I'm a kid and yo, getting to the game is tough. Like, can we talk, can we talk season tickets? For me and the boys, can we talk some sort of package for me and the boys? You know, like I don't, I like I don't want Ellie to have to give me anything. I'll give him the ball. Or maybe give me, yeah, maybe give me the homies a sign ball. We're good there. But I want some tickets from the organization. Yeah, like, tell Castellini how much hook me up. Show me how much you care about your guy having this memory. I'll put it on your lap. Hell you yeah. decide. You look at Ellie in the eyes and tell him how much you love him right now. Because this is what I'm asking for. Do you love him as much? 
I want Rob Manfred to get down on his knees and beg me for that baseball. <laughs> I want Rob Manfred to write a check from his personal checking. I feel like that. Baseball. <laughs> I want address. That's what I want. Uh, you have Whatever. the point. <laughs> give me his address. So I know where he lives. Joey's like, can I just get your phone number and like an address? <laughs> just for you. Like, you know, just because. Can I just get your social? How about just your social security number? Joey, that's the last Major League Baseball game you're ever allowed in. <laughs> ever. Uh, All right. Orbico, I'm keeping my, the ball then. Suit yourself. My, my final thought is uh, I, I want to give Jace Peterson some love. Five for five with two home runs. Only the 12th player in Oakland A's history to go five for five while hitting two home runs in the same game. It was his first career multi-homer game. Um, I don't think that's been done. Yeah, but fuck. I don't know how long it's been done. Uh, a long time. 12th player in history. So uh, just, yeah, shout out JP. It was, a, it was a career night. That's all I got. Cool. Joe, anything? Uh, yeah. right, so Juan Soto, five hits yesterday. We're doing a five hits. Final thoughts. Five hits, final thoughts. Mm. Juan Soto, Jace Peterson, did your cap. Okay. Jay? Uh, John Gray took the loss last night despite going nine innings and allowing one run, zero walks, and 12 strikeouts. Uh, that oh. is tied for the eighth highest game score in base, baseball history uh, for a nine-inning game for a pitcher who takes a loss. Uh, oh. I was on the baseball reference. Um, like Pedro and DeGrom got to be on that list. Pedro is on the list. Um, James Shields in 2011 was the most recent pitcher to have a better game uh, that resulted in a loss, according to game score. Um, yeah, and then just shout out Corbin Carroll, um, who in terms of these hot young prospects, it's like we're almost already bored of this guy. Uh, he's so rock solid. But in the NL, second in stolen bases, third in F4, sixth in OPS, seventh in slugging, and tied for eighth in batting average as a 22-year-old Um Got some trout vibes. Trout light. Mm. It's kind of crazy. Oh, I can't wait for them to tell him to quit stealing. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, Shohei had two stolen bases yesterday. No, you're right. You're right. Shohei does whatever he wants. He's on his own program. It's on the Shohei Otani program. All right. Enjoy your weekend of baseball. We will be back on Monday. Uh, again, we had Glasnow on Monday. We had Ravi yesterday and Reese Hoskins today. So if any of those interviews you missed, go back, check them out. Uh, if you're not a Phillies fan, you know a Phillies fan, you find that, that today's interview is interesting, be sure to let him know that he was on the podcast today. We appreciate all the support. Uh, enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you on Monday. Wow! This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.